you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Aaron. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready, Pa? Yeah, I'm ready. We have a guest this time. Let's go. Let's go to California. Southern California. Southern California, a highway in Southern California. For what's the name of the movie? It's a mad, 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 mad world. world. And why are we doing it's a mad, 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 mad world? Because Aaron? it's a mad, 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 mad world. It is a mad world at this time, and it is our guest's favorite movie. Yes. Yes, it is my favorite movie. It is. Yes, yes, it is. It's an MGM film. 1963, directed by Stanley Kramer. Story by Tanya Rose, written by William Rose and Tanya Rose. Tanya. It's T A N I A. And it might be Tanya. And we've done two other movies that these Rose people have written. What did we do? We did Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. They wrote that? And we did The Russians Are Coming. Well, there is a humor thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Hardy hard. This is a funny film. It starts with the credits rolling, and there's an animated, it's animated, mm-hmm. and it's a globe that um, opens up, and then the names of the cast come out of it, and then it becomes an egg that gets cracked, and then it becomes a yo-yo, so uh, showing that the world is mad. But it's a big production. You know, it was back when they did all the more elaborate productions on the opening credits, you know. And uh, it lasts for a long time. It does. It's a long movie. This is a long movie. It was like 161 minutes long, I think. It's it's long enough to have an intermission. It has an intermission. I think this is the first film since Gone with the Wind. I almost called it Gone with the Bushes. (laughs) That has an intermission. That we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it starts out on a, hi- a California highway. There's some cars. There are horns honking. And then there's this huge car wreck. But it's not just a California highway like we know now. It's not the 405. It's one of those winding It's roads. like a canyon. Like how there's Laurel Canyon and, and Topanga Canyon and stuff. And these, it looks like a, like a car commercial. It does. Because they're just winding around and stuff. And there's this car that's passing everybody, and it is it honking? Or yeah, is yeah. He's, he's, he's he wants everybody out of his way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then he just goes off the side of the road. Right? It's crazy. To, and the road turns, and he does not. And, and, he, and he just sails he right just, off. He, he just sailed. He just you just sailed. won't believe how he sailed. He just sailed right off out the there. the side of the road. Just the car, it just sailed. It sailed, I tell you. And so a convertible stops. More people stop. And we see Milton Berle, Sid Caesar, Mickey Rooney, and Buddy Hackett. I mean... Those are some pretty big names in comedy. Back then, yes. Yeah, in the 60s. In the 60s. It's, it's about as big as it gets. And then we, we cut to the man in the car, and the man in the car has been thrown out of the car. Well, they go down to the, the car because they're like, oh, is, is he all right? And then, the, I mean, this car, it, there's no way. And they get down there, and he's like, he's not anywhere. Where is he? And he was thrown from the car, 
and he's laid up on some rocks. <laughs> I crack up just thinking about it. <laughs> and it is, the man in the car was... Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante. What is it? That's not a banana. That's oh, my that's nose. Funny. Yeah. So he's dying down there. One of the guys says, are you all right? And he goes, <laughs> dude, look at me. How can I possibly be all right? Oh, that's pretty, yeah. And they're like, should we move him? And he's like, if you move me, I'll break into a million pieces. <laughs> Very good. So then he starts saying, I'm going to die. And there's all this dough. It's all this dough, you see. 350,000 Gs. 350,000 dollars? But he was saying Gs. Yeah, because so he back. Yeah. And, and, and remember now, this it was the uh, wise guy kind of dialect that was prevalent in the 40s. Um, my uncle used to speak with this in this phraseology a lot. And it was like the wise guy speak. Right. Mash. Yeah. yeah. See, there you know, are these Robinson and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so Durante was a part of all of that. Sure. And in this character, he was playing the Smiler. That was his, his name, Smiler. I, I don't know how you can see it for the nose, but. <laughs> and this is coming from someone with a large schnoz. A large schnoz myself. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going, there's this box buried. It's buried. It's buried under this big W. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ro Rosita. Santa Rosita. Santa Rosita State Park, buried under a big W. And it's been there 15 years. Mm -hmm. And he says, watch out for the bulls, but I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. Mm -hmm. And the bulls, though, were the police. Oh, I didn't See, know I who didn't the know. I thought it was the running of the bulls. That's yeah. why I'm here. That's why I'm I, here. It was a state park. I thought things were crazy back then. Oh. Yeah, the bulls is, is the slang talk for the coppers. Ah, the That's coppers. That's why we have a guest today. The coppers. Okay, so uh, so you think he dies because he, he, he says, he goes, ah, I'm giving it to you. Uh, uh -huh. And then, uh, wait, three beats. He pops back up. Uh -huh. Oh, it startles everyone. And he starts saying, tell me it don't make any difference. Something about his aunt. Oh, yeah. He's on his deathbed, and he, he pops up and startles everyone because they thought he died. And then to Sid Caesar, he's like, tell me it ain't make a difference, aunt. And he thinks that Sid Caesar's like his aunt. He's like, tell me it didn't make a difference. And so he's like, uh, did it make a difference? <laughs> and then what happens, Benzo? And then after he's, you know, he placates him, sits and placates him as to being his aunt, and he goes, he check, he lays back down, and then all of a sudden when he lays down, the the camera pans on his leg, and his leg kicks this bucket <laughs> off, off the leg. So he literally kicks, kicks the, the bucket. bucket. And right there it tells you what kind of film <laughs> it's going to be. be. And uh, somebody goes, that guy's dead. Yeah, that guy's dead. So we should set up like who the, the, the guys were because there was five guys that went down there. That's right. So there's Pike, who is the furniture salesman, and he's in coveralls, and he's played by Jonathan, Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters' debut. And this was, yeah, this was his debut film. And then there is Melville. He's a dentist, and he is played by Sid Caesar. Yeah, he is the dentist. Okay. And he's up in the his car. He's got a wife, brand new um, trophy wife. Yeah, and they're going on a honeymoon. Yes. And then in another car 
there is Milton Burrow and he plays Russell and he has married a younger woman and the woman's mother-in-law is Ethel Merman. His mother-in-law. Yeah, his mother-in-law is Ethel Merman. And the, both the women, all the women stayed up in the cars. So Russell's down there. And then there's these two guys that were in a convertible Volkswagen bug. And it's Mickey Rooney, which we'll probably just call Mickey Rooney. And Buddy Hackett. And Buddy Hackett. I'm going to call all of them by their, their real names because yeah. I couldn't keep track. Yeah. So th- those are the guys. So when, when Duke kicks the bucket, they are... They're like, oh, you know, they're kind of somber. And Pike, Jonathan Winters, is like, I, I have a uh, blanket in the truck, so we'll lay him out. And then they all kind of, like, walk back. Oh, and, and the cop comes down. This is before cell phones. So right. Yeah. How, you know, how do we contact the police? But they arrive. The bulls. The bulls, I tell you. Really? The bulls. They are, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And I was wondering if they were indeed. I mean, they everybody were. thought they were policemen, but because they didn't have a police car and they they were yeah. they had the hats on. Yeah. I mean, the. F- well, well, it comes out later in the story, but they were, uh, they had him and they were transporting him and he got away from them. He got away from those two guys that showed up as the oh. cops. So they're like the detectives. They were the detectives that they were supposed to take him somewhere or whatever. And he got away from them, and, and they knew they were going to be in trouble. And so they were trying to, you know, follow this guy. I guess he had taken somebody's car or whatever, you know, and, and everything. And so uh, so that's why they were there, Johnny, on the spot, because, you know, they were on his trail. So they, they're saying, who was the first person down to him? And did he say anything? Did he leave a last message? Anything? Anything to let us know? So that's why I wasn't sure if they were cops. I thought they knew about the money, and they mm. were trying to know if he said anything about the money. It kind of seemed like they did know something about it, but all the guys that were down there decided that, that they weren't going to say anything about the money. Right. Why? I mean, why should we? We could have come upon him after he'd already died, yeah, and so we wouldn't know anything about any money. Yeah, so they don't say anything about the money. So then the policeman takes their names and where th- where they can be reached. So... Uh, J. Russell Finch, that's Milton Burrow. Mm-hmm. He is in a business where he is selling edible seaweed. Yes, and it's not going well. Um, and so they, they need to get their story straight. So Ethel Merman is his mother-in-law, and everybody goes to their cars then, and they're talking, talking, talking about the money. Right, so they're in a row because it's a, it's a two-lane highway. So we have Russell with his wife and mother-in-law. We have Sid Caesar with his wife. We have the red VW with uh, Rooney and Buddy Hackett. And we have Jonathan Winters with the furniture truck in the very end. And they're all, they le- they kind of left it where they were like, all right, well, you know, bye guys, we'll see ya. But now they're all suspicious of each other because they're wondering who, if any of them are going to go for the money. Like if anybody believes that it's real. Because it's a lot of money. $350,000 in 1963 is like $2.7 million. Yeah, it was, that's yeah. the money back then. $2,700,000 now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it was it's funny how the, uh, you know, kind of a mob psychology kicks in with people, you know, because everybody's, well, 
you know, everybody wants to do the right thing. You know, we'll just, you know, we, we don't, we, we're not that interested in the money, but they're constantly watching the other folks to see who goes after. Yeah. And, and you know, and so they're, they take off and they're very slow, right? They're doing like 35 they're, miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, you know, and, and one of them has a, uh, I think Russell has an Imperial, a Chrysler Imperial. Well, that was a big car then, you know, it's, it's huge. And, and Pike has this truck, uh, you know, he's got a, a furniture delivery truck, mm -hmm. you know, so it's a big old lumbering truck. And then they had the Volkswagen that you mentioned and so forth. And um, so they're all lumbering, you know, going slow. Like they're not like single they're not file, yeah, going single out file. for the money. Nothing to see here. Yeah. But in the car, in the cars, they're saying to each other W words. You know, what's about this W? So they're saying all these W words, mm -hmm. trying to figure out where the money could be. And then is that when when we see so and everybody's looking at everybody else front and behind them, just to make sure everything. And that's when they notice that Pike Winters in the furniture truck, he starts slowing, slowing down. down. <laughs> A lot. And he's in the rear. And he's in the rear. So they, he Yeah, they look in the rear view mirror and they just what Yeah, what is he doing? What is he doing? And so they, they all go around a corner and Pike pulls off to the side and he gets out of the car and he's tiptoeing. He's tiptoed around the corner and boom. All four of the guys <laughs> are are around the corner standing at him like, What are you doing? This, this guy, uh, I, you know, it was interesting that this was his first uh, appearance, that this was the showcase of, uh, of, of the guy, Pike. Uh, Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters. Uh, and, uh, you know, he went on to have these, uh, these really cool variety kind of shows out of Miami and places and, and stuff. But, yeah, that was his. And in this role, he's being the tough guy. You know, he's the, he's the furniture mover, brawny, big, big kind of strapping kind of guy. And. No nonsense, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was great. So they all decide they need to discuss together what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So we have to get these cars off the road. So then it switches to the switchboard at the Santa Rosita Police Station. Yeah, and there we meet Chief Culpepper, who is played by Spencer, Spencer Tracy. Tracy. And he tosses his hat. He enters his office. He has a hat. What is it called? Hat, hat rack. rack. He, it's next to the window. He tosses his hat. It goes sailing out the window onto the street. And this movie is known for its cameos. And so the hat's on the street. The, one of his like younger underlings is like, I'll go get your hat. And you see the hat in the street. These cars, they're missing it. They're missing it. And then you see a guy <laughs> in the car. And he drives out of his way <laughs> with a goofy look on his face to run it over. And it's Jerry Lewis. That was the only thing we saw of Jerry Lewis, but that was, that was his cameo. It reminded me of when we lived on Berwick Court and you guys had a Nerf football that you throw back and forth. <clears throat> and it went over the fence into the Coast Guard. And so usually they would throw it back, you know, when they were out cutting grass and stuff. This time, this guy saw it, and he was on a riding mower, and he purposely ran over <laughs> it to see it shred. A million pieces. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> this is when we found out that uh, Grogan, Jimmy Durante, 
made a break for it and got away from the detectives. And there's a police officer who was the cowardly lion in... Oh, that's who he the was? The Wizard of Oz, yeah. Oh. I have no idea what his real name is. Interesting. Um, so then we're back to... Oh, okay. Uh, the police saw people from four cars on the side of the road. So they, they keep checking in because everybody's following all this because this is going to be solving this big crime that Spencer Tracy has wanted to solve. Like for 15 years, he's been trying to solve this case. So Sid Caesar's driving safely and reasonably. Yeah, well, he says that we, we all drive there reasonably and safely, and we get there, and there's four vehicles, so it'll be four shares. Four equal shares yeah. of the money. But then Buddy Hackett and Mickey Rooney are like, well, wait a second. We were both down there. There's five of us, so it should be five shares. Because five were down at the wreck. And then and then by that time, the women come out, and Ethel Merman is like, oh. well, wait a minute. She takes no prisoners in this. Oh, man. Yeah. That, that mouth is going the entire, the entire time. time. I mean, just the, just the shrillness of her voice. Mm -hmm. It's pretty funny because she's so good at being just that, uh, just so annoying. So they have a whole big like fight about the shares, and they can't figure out the shares, and, and it goes on for a while. And then they're talking about taxes, because you have to pay the taxes on the money. Well, no, because they're saying this is tax-free money. And Jonathan Winters goes into this whole thing, of, but, but we live in America, and it's only right that we pay taxes, which was rather timely. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> so at that point, everybody's like, okay, so here's what we do. And one of, I forget who it is, starts like talking and doing the backup move. And slowly walking, slowly walking away. Because they figured out they can't decide on any of the shares. So guess what? It's every, every man, man for himself. himself. And the race is on. The race begins. And so they, they, they just peel rubber headed out of there. They cause a d another car to crash. Oh, another car crashes, tears, you know, up. And, uh, uh, Ethel Merman, remember in this uh, uh, Chrysler Imperial. It's a convertible. And yeah, it's a convertible and it's huge and big engine, you know, all that other. And they're in the back. <laughs> and, he's, and she gets hammering on the guy. What are we doing in the back? You got this Imperial. Why are we in the back? You know, step on it, you know. And they just crazy. It's just driving all over the road and tires screaming. And then we come to a truck. With uh, a, a couple in it, all of their worldly possessions are on that truck. And it's a POC alert. We have two POCs. And, and so um, they're, they're just trying to go along the road. They, uh, but these cars are racing them. And they end up going down the side of the road. And every For bump, 15 minutes. Every bump they hit is another worldly possession <laughs> off of their truck. Off their truck. And then when they finally get down to the bottom, doesn't the, the husband say something like, well, something, it was the wife's idea to move to California. It wasn't my idea <laughs> to move to California. Oh, I said it before and I'll say it again. I didn't want to move to California. 
So then in C- Sid Caesar's car, uh, somebody's trying to read a map. The wife is trying to read a map, and somehow the map gets on Sid Caesar's face, which happened in The Russians Are Coming when she oh, was in yeah. the mo- on the motorcycle. So that was the same gag. And then one of the cars starts heading for an airport. Mm-hmm. So they're all like making a beeline for the airport. Except Ethel Merman doesn't want to fly. Yeah. Then the truck, Jonathan Winters, runs into the back of Ethel Merman's car. So <laughs> now, uh, is that car not running anymore? I think it got busted it got up because yeah, of the because he, he re and the truck it. is torn up too. So Jonathan Winters opens his truck, which is somebody's moving possessions, and gets out a bike. And Ethel Merman tells him to bike to the nearest telephone to call for help. So, and that was also in the Russians are coming. The big guy on a little girl's bike. Yeah, it was indeed. And she tells him go hire the fastest car. So now they've kind of teamed up. Milton Berle, Ethel Merman. The young wife and Jonathan Winters are supposed to be kind of on a team. Right. Nothing is as it seems. Mm-mm. So Sid Caesar is at the airport, and he's saying he'll give this guy, uh, and the airport is a loose term, again, like the Russians are mm-hmm. coming. It's one little shack, and there's a guy with a two-seater plane. What kind of plane was it, Manzel? Uh, it was an old... Uh, it was like 1916. It was, yeah, boy, it was uh, Curtis Moss or something. It was old. It was like, you know, and, and not in good repair. The, this guy did w- was not taking care of it, but it was a cloth, uh, uh, you know, w- w- these old uh, canvas. Back w- was it a biplane? Yeah, it, it was a biplane. And, um, and uh, you know, two, two-seater, one up, you know, pilot in the back and uh, observer or whatever up front. So he hired him. And uh, what was another funny, big funny gag was the fact that this guy's wife, <coughs> when she finally started up the engine, and the engine on this thing was like, oh, it just made a, it was horrible noise. Like, you, you didn't think it was going to turn Mm-mm. over or work at all. And once it started and everything, <laughs> she gave him the, the yeah. cross, the sign of the cross. <laughs> she crossed herself because they weren't going to make it. They weren't going to make it, man. So this guy is flying Sid Caesar and his wife mm-hmm. to Santa Rosita. Yep, they're going to beat them all. And it's the only plane at the airport. Right. So they're, they're going to win. So then uh, Milton and his wife and Ethel get to a phone, and whoever they call, there are no, no cars to rent. Mm-hmm. So then we see this new character emerge. He's in an old car, and it is Phil Silvers. And he comes upon Jonathan Winters on this bike. Well, wait, we forgot the British dude. Oh, we did. Go ahead with the British dude. So the British guy offers uh, Ethel Merman and and those guys, they offer him... A ride, and he's in—he's super British. Gap Tooth has a whole bunch of desert flora in his Jeep. It's probably a Range Rover that he had shipped over from England. His name is Colonel Hawthorne, and he's driving her. And he's so British. He's like a bit of the hush hush and whoosh whoosh. <laughs> and yeah, because they asked him, you know, he was telling them what he was doing and what he, you know, his background, and you know, he was talking about. Uh, uh, 
an area that he worked in that was, you know, was classified. And, and instead of saying that it was classified and everything, he says, oh, it's really hush, hush, whoosh, whoosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, too, he's probably my favorite character. And um, so they pass winters on the bike. And they don't stop for winters. And they were supposed to be a team now. Right. He was on the bike going to find a phone to get the fastest vehicle to come back and get him. So now Jen- Jonathan Winters is angry. angry. Yeah. So, but then that's when Phil Silver stops for winters. And he, you know, Phil Silvers has a car. And Jonathan Winters is kind of like, he doesn't want to tell him about this money, but he needs his car. And Phil Silvers is like, go ahead, try me. I'm pretty gullible. Yeah, because without telling him, Phil Silvers wasn't going to just drive him to Santa Rosita. Right. So, so the scene is, Phil Silvers is in the car, in his car, and he's talking to, he's, he's talking to Jonathan Winters. And Phil Silvers is a fast talker. See, tell me, come here, give me, give me the information, whatever it is. You know, he's a fast talking guy, you know. And so Winters tells him the stuff. And so uh, Silvers, you can see his face, you know, he's, he's, he's calculating and scheming. He goes, oh, okay, well, you, you don't need that bike anymore. Uh, just, just throw it over there. So <laughs> Winters gets the bike and he heaves it, right, over the side of the road. And the bike is all torn up. Ah, you hear the bike hitting. And as soon as the bike hits, Bill Silvers <laughs> drives off. Takes off. With <laughs> takes the, off. <laughs> so then Jonathan Winters has to get the broken bicycle <laughs> and start to ride it again. Okay, but Phil Silvers gets uh, – and uh, it's always splitting between – all Everything. of the people. Yeah. So it's splitting between this, the, the police and each of the cars that are trying to get to the money. So at one point we see the plane sputtering going up and down and up and down. You just you just know it's... Oh, like the it. takeoff. It, it takes off and then it's like, it's like the Wright Brothers' first flight. It just takes off and it's off for two seconds and then it's it lands the and then it takes off again. It's up for five seconds now, lands back on the ground. And it's a two-seater with three people in it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, so then we're back at the police station with Spencer Tracy, and he's talking to the Santa Rosita chief, and he's saying that he's about to retire, and he, the police pension has really been a mess, and so he wants he's going to solve this fifteen-year crime, and so he wants a better um, pension for the police, and he wants a three-week vacation when this is all solved. So then we're back at the Jeep with the British dude. Ethel Merman Ethel Merman hits everybody with her pocketbook. Yeah, her bag. She has this white bag that she just you know, wails people with. She's sitting in the back seat, and she's hitting him to go faster. Um, and the car goes off the road. And then she goes, oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. I have a son who lives close to Santa Rosita. Sylvester. Sylvester. Sylvester, I'll just just get me to a phone. I'll call Sylvester, and and he'll go and get the money for us, and then we'll all be rich. Now we're back at the gas station. Jonathan Winters comes in on this bicycle. Phil Silvers had pulled in with a flat tire, and <laughs> Jonathan Winters is mad. It, it, he likes the Hulk. He pulls the car door off of Phil Silvers' car. Mm-hmm. And then he takes Phil Silvers and starts beating him with <laughs> tires. Well, and Phil Silvers starts saying, like, um, that he escaped from a mental institution. 
and he's a crazy man. So, so the, the two gas attendants are scared of him, and they think like, "Oh, we have to subdue him." He's he's mental. Mm-hmm. He's so uh, uh, so. Um, this this big time slapstick. So they hit Jonathan Winters over the head with a bottle. He's knocked out. <laughs> so Phil Silvers picks up his car door and puts it in his back seat and takes off again. And then I don't know if it happens right then, but that they'll cut back to the scene at the service station where Jonathan Winters just <laughs> turns it off. Oh yeah, that's not yet yeah. though. Because we cut to Mickey and Buddy in the Volkswagen. They're at a different airport. Mm-hmm. And um, they find this fine plane. What was that plane? That plane was uh, a twin beach. It was a twin engine, private airplane. It was very popular uh, in the um, in the 50s and 60s. Um, and you, you probably see a lot of it on, on TV films and stuff. But it was a Beechcraft twin beach. And... Uh, Matter of fact, my pop used to fly those. So, you know, I, as soon as I saw that, that was another thing about this movie. I'm, I'm right there, you know. But it was an eccentric, uh, rich millionaire who owned this plane. Mr. Fitzgerald. Mr. Fitzgerald. And he's played by, um, wasn't he the Jim guy? Jim Backus. He yeah. was, what's, was he? He was a, in um, uh, Gull- Gilligan, Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island. Island. Is he the he professor? W- yeah, how? Professor. Yeah. No, not the no. professor. Uh, he, was he was the millionaire. Guy. Oh. Millionaire. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's sleeping on a pool table. Well, he's not sleeping. No, well, he's, he's sleeping one off. He's sleeping he's off. He's drunk. Yeah. Um, that's when it cuts back to Jonathan Winters in the gas station. He tears the entire <laughs> gas station apart because they've tied him up. They've, they've put, like, duct tape around him. Mm-hmm. And he is a bull in a china shop. He just breaks it loose, and then he doesn't. He's like, "I don't want to hurt you guys," but they keep trying to knock him out and hit him on the head with stuff, and that just makes him angrier. And he just throws them into things, <laughs> and like the literally, the he, he closes everything down. And by closes down, I mean it's all a shack. And when he drives away. In their tow truck, nothing there's standing. nothing left. Nothing left. There isn't a wall of the establishment left. It's reduced to rubble. At which point I put so much physical comedy. Oh, yeah. The amount of physical yeah. comedy. Because he threw them through walls and all kinds oh. of stuff. So then it cuts to Ethel Merman on the phone trying to get in touch with Sylvester. And then this is the first time we get to see Sylvester in his little apartment on the beach. He's doing the twist with the girl in a black bikini. And the, the girl in the black bikini is doing the most angry twist ever, but her face doesn't move. It's just this dead head resting face. bitch face. She yeah, has and total she's resting just doing an face. angry twist. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't hear the phone ringing because they are. Um, They're in the moment. Uh, yeah, in the moment. Yeah. They're in the moment with the help of some pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah must. They're tore up. So the, uh, then we're at the Englishman is saying, if Sylvester gets the money, how do you know that he's going to actually split it with you? Right, because Ethel Merman and, the, and her daughter are at the phone trying to call Sylvester, and Colonel Hawthorne is talking with Russell, and he's like, look, mate, if your that was Australian, if your brother-in-law is anything like mine, they are not to be trusted. I would never trust him. He would go get the money and be a bit of uh, off-off. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you'll never see him again. So that plants that seed of doubt. We cut to 
Mickey and Buddy, but it was such a fast cut, I didn't write anything down. Then we cut back to the Jeep with Ethel. Well, the Mickey and Buddy, they're trying to get the guy sobered up. That's what yeah. it is. And they're it, trying to sober up the guy because he's got this fast plane. And, you know, and they're trying to get him out. They say, we'll rent it from you and, you know, blah de blah And so they do get him up. They kind of get him to, to, to stare. They, they put him in the shower. Yeah, he's in the shower. They put him in the shower, and he falls down and knocks himself out in the shower. So that's kind of basically where they leave it. He's passed out in the shower, trying to sober up. So then we go back to Ethel Merman, and she takes the keys. She takes the keys out of the Jeep. She takes the keys out of the Jeep because I think Russell was probably like, whoa, I don't think we should be calling Sylvester. And you don't talk about her baby that right. way. And then who rolls up to offer some help? Jack Benny. Mm-hmm. He rolls up in his car and he's like, um, do you guys need any help? But what was so cool about the Benny one was all he did was mug for the camera. Mm-hmm. You know? Because that's how Merman like, shot him down like, no, we don't. Yeah. And that so it's a long it's a long mug in the camera. He's looking so everybody recognizes, oh man, it's Jack Ben, you know. And then he goes, Well, yeah. like he always yeah. does. Well. So Ethel Berman puts the keys in her bra. Mm-hmm. So uh Milton Burl and the Colonel Hawthorne are are chasing her around trying to get the keys. They finally get her. And they have to hold her upside down and shake her for the keys to come loose. Okay, now we're back <laughs> to the airplane. And the cars on the highway are yeah, going faster the old than plane. this old airplane. This old plane with, with Sid Caesar and his wife. And, yeah, they look down at the <laughs> highway and, and the, the cars. cars going faster. <laughs> so then we cut to the police station. Uh, Colonel, uh, Captain Culpepper, Culpepper. Spencer is hearing a list of all the laws that these guys have broken trying to get down to Santa Rosita. Yeah, because the the cops said, you know, they at one thing they, they talked to uh, uh, Spencer Tracy, and they said, you want us to get them and bring them in? He says, no, no, just follow them. Stay out of sight and just follow them. So the cops are following these these guys, you know, all this, this, this troop going down there. And it's well, hilarious because they after keep you, checking in. Yeah, after you, after these guys, you know, careen around curves and whatever, then you'll see a cop car coming strolling mm-hmm. in the back of them, you know. So then Spencer Tracy calls his wife and says that they have a flight to Hawaii Sunday morning because he is celebrating solving the Goggins case. Mm-hmm. And she's like, What? And he's like, The tuna robbery case, the case that has haunted me for 15 years. And she, like, Many spouses have no idea what he's talking about. Then we cut to uh, Phil Silvers, and he is in his car on his own, and he picks up a man who needs a ride because he has medicine for his sick wife. Yeah, so Phil Phil Silvers does not want to give this guy a ride, but... He said, well, okay, all right, all right, hop in, hop in. You know, he says, now, where is it? Where, where, where are we going? You know, and you know how he's talking, you mm-hmm. know, this, this crazy talk, fast talk. And uh, so he strikes off giving the guy a ride. And the guy, is, is, I think he looks, was, was it uh, Mexican? Or? I, I, I feel like he might he be American like, Indian. Maybe like, it was Indian. something. I put him down as a, as a POC. He's a, he's a POC. He's a color, yeah. I felt like he, the way he spoke sounded American Indian to me. 
So um, in this day and age, Phil Silvers would never have given him the ride. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to Jonathan Winters, Ethel, and the wife. And they're still going to call the son, and they're going to split the money three ways. Yeah, because Winters has, has finally caught up. And now all Winters wants is revenge on to get Silvers. Exactly. So, I mean, Ethel and the wife are with Milton Berle and the Englishman still. Right. So the English dude, he goes back um, to get... Oh, actually, the British dude and, and Milton Berle take off mm -hmm. on their own. They got the keys away from her bubolas, and they took off. Yeah. It was like, why are we going to deal with them? Yeah, we don't want to deal with Sylvester. But then um, the British dude and Milton Berle decide they need to go back for Ethel Berman. I, I don't know why. I and, and the wife. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. They pull out of the gas station just as Jonathan Winters is coming in on this rackety um, bicycle. Um. Ethel Merman calls again to her, her Sylvester, and he still doesn't answer the phone. Then we cut to Phil Silvers, and he's on this canyon road, and he finally gets the dude back to his shack to get the medicine to his wife. And the dude goes, just turn around here and go back the way oh, you it came. Was, I mean, the canyon road, he had to go down into a canyon. Yeah, down a very steep, very steep. And dirt when he, road. When he was going down, is that when he went over the rock? And all of a sudden, there's a trail of oil. Yes. Mm -hmm. Then, so the dude goes, just turn around here and go back up. Well, his car won't make it up. Mm -hmm. It goes up and slides all the way back down. Because it's sliding on the oil. He goes up, and the oil crankcase, you know, oil or whatever, it could, we wouldn't get any tractions, you know. And so he gets halfway up there, and he slides back down. So then a little boy goes, I know another way out. And and Phil Silvers goes, I'll give you a dollar if you tell me. And the little boy goes, no, you'll give me $3. Mm -hmm. Okay, now we're back in the Jeep. Uh, back where Ethel... Oh, so so the Jeep goes back to where Ethel Merman and the wife were, and but they aren't there. Right, because they went with uh, Jonathan Winters in the tow truck. Right. And at this point, Milton Burrell's taking some kind of pills. Right. Um, because he was supposed to take it easy. Th they were on their way for their well, honeymoon. Because he ha had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> because his company that makes the edible seaweed lost a whole bunch of money. And he had a nervous breakdown. And a lot of Ethel Merman's money yeah. as well. Okay, so then the airplane, the, the rickety airplane lands. And uh, Sid Caesar and his wife get out and they start running. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Silvers is now having to take another steep road down, like a steep, and it's it's not even just a steep road. It's like what is it's like the edge of a canyon. Like it, it's a steep. It's not even a steep road. It's just where like a mountain, two these, mountains come together. Well, these were goat trails or something. Yeah, That's what the little boy knew, and he got him oh, on his okay. goat trail, and uh, then he finally gets down to the end of this trail, and it's this big stream of water. And the little boy gets out, and the little boy gets out and says, ah, this, you, can, you, can, you can make this. And the little boy's standing on these rocks, you know. Ah, come on, come on, you can make this. And Phil Silvers is going, ah, you little kid, ah, 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 okay, all right. And so he puts the car in gear, 
And he goes into the water, you know. Oh, you can't do that, Dick. Never drive through standing water. Nope. Okay, so we're back at um, Sid Caesar and his wife. They got th- they landed at the Santa Rosita Airport. They get a taxi, and they get a taxi to take them to a hardware store in town because they're going to buy a pick and a shovel. A pick and a shovel, and the guy is just coming out saying the hardware store is closed. It's closed for lunch because they would do that. They would close the shop at noon. Yeah, like they're in Europe or something. And uh, but there's one guy left inside. So they go into the hardware store. They don't see the guy, but they find the pick and shovel. It's downstairs. Just when they find the pick and shovel, the guy who was left in shuts everything down, locks all the doors, and mm-hmm. is gone. So they're locked in the hardware store. And then Russell and Milton Burrow and Colonel Hawthorne, they get into an argument. Yes, because they do. Russell insults England, and then Hawthorne insults America, and it's matron. I can't say that word. Matriarchy. Yeah, matriarchy. Um, Which I thought was a little rich, coming from the British insulting the Russian matriarchy when you have a queen. That's true. Aaron did get offended by that. He goes on a tirade. Mm -hmm. It is a long monologue about how messed up America is. And that was before we had this current person. That was in 1963. <laughs> My goodness. Then we cut to the police station. And and the police station, they hear from, uh, you know, the Johnny on the spots, the guys tailing them, the bulls that are tailing them, <laughs> that the uh, Sid Caesar and his wife, they're trapped. And so they're like, oh, should we help them? And then everyone's, because by this time, everyone's gathered around because it's like a show, like a radio show. And they're like, yeah, you can help. And they're like, no, you can't. It's not fair. It was the cowardly lion who said, said. how would it be fair if you help them get out? You're giving them an advantage over everybody else. This is a race. Because you know there were some bets being placed on who was going to win. So Sid Caesar in this locked hardware store. He is trying everything he can figure out to get out of the locked hardware store. And so we keep we keep coming back to that. Right. It's always like intercut with him. He's trying to, to take a sledgehammer to the door. Everything. Then we cut to the new plane with Mickey and Buddy and Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Um, Fitzgerald is flying the plane. Yes, but... He would like his uh, alcoholic beverage, please. No, he finished one. He needs another. He needs another, and he needs it made right this time. This one was a little too sweet. Yeah. There's there is a per, there's a right way to make an old-fashioned, and Mickey Rooney did not make it correctly. No, he did not. Um, at which point there's a helicopter, uh, a police helicopter is following them, but they weren't able to keep up with the plane. Then we cut back to Sylvester. The phone is ringing, and they're dancing to jazz, and the girl finally answers the phone. And Sylvester, as a uh, note, <coughs> is really Max Bayer, I think, uh, Bayer, and he was Jethro on uh, the Beverly Hillbilly. He looks different because Jethro had black hair, and this guy had fair hair. I thought he had dark hair in this. It's not black like Jethro's was. Okay. So the woman goes, 
listeners, Wendy, you will agree with me when you see it. Um, the girlfriend goes, it's your mom. And so she's telling the son, Sylvester, that Russell, the new brother-in-law, assaulted her. Oh, and... Oh, that is all he needed to hear. Mama! I'm coming for you, Mama. I'm coming. Um, And who calls... Who a big, stupid, muscle-headed moron? You just wrote down big, stupid, Uh, muscle-headed moron. Because I thought it was so funny. A big, stupid, muscle-headed moron. Because really... You feel like that's Sylvester. But I think he was saying that about Milton Berle. I don't... Uh, Everybody's at a loss. We well, cut to Sid Caesar. He, so he decides he's going to try to sound the burglar alarm. Right, because he, he, if the alarm goes off, then everyone's going to come in because uh, there's an alarm. So uh, his wife has lit candles all over the store because there's no electricity. So all these candles in a, a hardware store is probably not a good Well, not idea. even just the hard. They're in the basement of a hardware store. Right next to the dynamite. The dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> At which point he tears up the burglar on. He knocks it off the wall. So he picks up two parts of the wire for the burglar alarm and puts them together and pretty much electrocutes himself. He electrocutes himself. himself. Yeah. yeah. He slaps dick. It's crazy, though, man. It's, it's hilarious. He electrocutes himself and knocks <laughs> over the aisle of paint. Yeah, yeah. Which goes ba-boom, ba-boom, Yeah, ba-boom. it's like a domino yeah, of yeah. paint. Now we're back in the beach airplane. Jim Backus is still driving. He's had two drinks. And he tells Buddy Hackett he needs to start flying because he has to make a correct old-fashioned. Right. So Buddy Hackett, it always played a, a, a person of less than high intelligence. Yeah, that was his mm-hmm. stick. And stick. so he doesn't know how to fly a plane. I, 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 what? But he does it. So the plane is going up and down and sideways. And it's going so irregularly that it actually knocks out yeah. the pilot. So yeah. he's back here trying to make his drink. <laughs> is it, and, uh, the plane yaws and, you know, goes up and everything and he falls down and knocks himself out. So then Mickey Rooney has to jump in and try to be the co-pilot. And so then it, it, it escalates just craziness up there because, you know, the plane is doing all kinds of gyrations. And, and Mickey Rooney gets on the radio and he goes, hey, down there, it's, it's us up here, you know. <laughs> it's like, what? And... Um, and so he finally gets through to some people on the ground. They tell him how to operate the radio, and they say, "Who's flying the plane?" And he goes, "Well, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> He's knocked out, you know." And, oh, it's hilarious. So go ahead. Then we get cut back to the jeep. The jeep goes in a tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's a long tunnel because the only thing that comes out of it is a tire, and then the jeep crashes. And then I wrote fisticuffs. Yeah, because then Russell and Hawthorne get it. <laughs> they try to have a fight, but they just keep like hurting each other. There's a rock. Like, there's a rock in the ground, one of those big desert rocks. And so somebody will like try to kick somebody, and they kick the rock, and then they're like all hurt. And then they like land, and they land. The other person will land on the rock, and they get all hurt. And then they like try to hit each other, and they hit each other at the same time. So then their fists get all hurt. So they're they're just they're two of the worst fighting men you've ever seen. I wrote physical comedy. Trying to fight. 
And at which point Milton Burrow goes off a cliff. Yeah, because then he, they're standing, the Hawthorne's standing at the edge of a cliff, and then uh, Milton Burrow does a, like a bull run because he's just going to tackle him, and, he, and the guy, Hawthorne, just moves out of, the way, out of the way. And he just goes sailing. <laughs> he just goes sailing. He just goes sailing right out there. So it cuts to the plane, and they're able to finally say Mayday on the plane. Right. Then it cuts to the police station, and. Um, well, because we skipped the part where with Culpepper, he wanted to go to Hawaii, but he didn't want to take his daughter, Billy Sue. And then his wife calls him because Billy Sue got into an argument because she was her boyfriend was supposed to meet them. But um, they're going on this trip to Hawaii and Billy, they got into a fight and Billy Sue's like six five, six foot five. And so Her options very, are not great. She has very limited options <laughs> when it comes to suitors. So, so he's got Spencer Tracy has the wife on one phone and Billy Sue on the other. Yeah, because Billy he, Sue's at the bus station. So he just puts the two receivers together so that they can talk to each other through the phone. But lines. they weren't talking. They were yeah. yelling, they just and yelling, crying, and just crazy. It was most a total the, housewives. Yeah, most of the women in this film are, are just really shrill, shrill or morons. Yeah, just shrill and yeah. It was the sixties. Hashtag me too. Then we're at the uh, the tow truck, and Ethel is bitching again. My God, that woman bitches. And um, Jonathan Winters gets out, and he goes, he's going to throw her out. He's mm -hmm. had enough of her. He's going to throw her out of the tow truck. And as he gets out, the tow truck starts rolling backwards down a hill. This has been a theme. So you just see that. Then we're back. Yeah, but... but one of the things that with Ethel Merman, her character is all this craziness, but it's like she's supposed to be such, you know, such matronly, ladylike, but you see her undergarments all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like but it's not exciting because it's no, a no, huge, no. full, full-on spanks now. It was a girdle yeah, at the time. Those bloomers? Yeah. Yeah, and her feet, feet were always up the in the air. Feet were always up in the air. That was the... Like the biggest, you know, gag so, with yeah, her. You as know. the Jeep is going backwards, all you see are her feet in the air and the and the girdle on. And this... Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so then we're back in the hardware store, and Sid Caesar is using a blowtorch, and um, he doesn't turn the blowtorch off when he... So he's downstairs, so they have to go up a short flight of wooden steps to get to the door. And he, he's trying to use the blowtorch to open the door, and he sets the blowtorch down and makes sure it's pointed away from the wooden steps. But somehow, when he goes up the steps, it shifts and starts blowtorching on the wooden steps. So, of course, it catches the steps on fire. Um, and okay. So, and Russell's trying to climb back up from the mountain, and Hawthorne's stepping on his feet on his hands as he's trying to climb up oh that's right and then i have a nightmare like that a lot phil silvers is uh trying to go across this standing water creek yeah the the river and his car just gets completely and he's just sitting there and he's just sitting he just there, there. as it floats, floats and away sinks, you know? just floats <laughs> Then we're back at the police station, and the police chief is saying, the mayor says... Well, at this point, it, they, so they did all these, like, these... Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. The police station, and because 
Um, Culpepper wanted his pension raised because it hadn't been raised since 1934. <laughs> and the police guy comes in while Billy Sue and the mom, and he's still dealing with this thing, and, and he's like, there's no pension increase for you. It's not happening. So that's a, that's a turning point right. in the script. And there's a fire. The, the fire's going on with Sid Caesar. But luckily there are tons of fire extinguishers down there. Right. And then at this point it's intermission, right? Yes. Yes. Which totally surprised me. I didn't know that was going to be. So we come back and Phil Silvers. Oh, he's floating away. Um, But we come back and Melville, who is uh, Sid Caesar, he lights a fuse. And he just wants to blow a little hole in the wall. But as you can imagine, everything blows up. Um, uh, he wants to blow a little hole in the wall, but there are fireworks there. And, the and f- guns. The fuse and is ammunition. going one dir- direction, and somehow there's an offshoot that goes into the fireworks. Yeah. So there's fireworks. I think there's even, like, guns. Because it was like, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, it was ammunition stuff. Yeah. yeah, so the fireworks explode. But but of course, what happens is you know how they set these gags up. Of course, the fuse goes out, or so he thinks. Oh right? yeah, yes. And the, and, yes. The, and the wife is telling him not to go and look at it, look at it. Oh yes, I'm just gonna go check. I'm. And she's no, like, don't, no, don't go, don't go. You know, they set the gag. If up. only people would listen to their wives and mothers, who knew people who were blown up in a firework factory. <laughs> Oh, every year with the story. So then the plane, the plane had gone through a billboard at one point. And so there are fire engines at the airport because the, there's somebody at the airport trying to talk them into how yeah, to Yeah, at this point, they, the, the air traffic controllers at the airport, they're like, all right, nobody knows how to fly this plane. We need all hands on deck for like, what is it, like emergency rescue or something? yeah. yeah. So they go and they find somebody who's uh, got a twin beach and, you know, and knows the instruments and everything about it. And so they bring him up to the to control tower to talk these jablonis down, right? And so the guy gets up there and he's an old Air Force guy. Well, men, we're here to help you. I'm here to help you. You know, he goes into this big dialogue. Meantime, these guys, are, you know, they're not flying. They just, the plane is doing anything it wants to do. And when the firemen get to the airport, who are the firemen? The Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then we're back at the police station, and Spencer Tracy, Spencer Tracy comes out. He's looking at a map of where Santa Rosita is, but under Santa Rosita, which is close to San Diego, is Mexico. And he's looking hard at Mexico. Yeah. His home life isn't great. He doesn't really have a pension anymore. Um, He's got nothing. Mexico's looking real good. And he asks somebody for a chocolate fudge sundae with whipped cream and a cherry. He likes those. Spencer Tracy likes those sundaes. He does. He likes the ice cream. Okay, so the plane now is is approaching the control tower. And um, this guy... Carl Reiner is just the air traffic controller. He's not the guy that Poppy was talking about, was like the colonel guy. Although the colonel guy was in The Russians Are Coming. And so was Carl Reiner. As was Carl Reiner. 
So the plane is coming really close, and it just misses the control What's tower. that called? Like a buzz? Yeah, but it was they had no control. <laughs> the plane was doing what it wants to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they could, but it, <clears throat> it buzzes. It buzzes the control tower. I mean, it comes really close to hitting it. So much so that the colonel that was out there, you know, was telling them, trying to talk them down. He ducks. Everybody in control tower ducks because they think they're going to get killed. And this guy's hanging out the. Um, he flies out the window of the control tower. Oh yeah, because as he as the, this guy's talking to him, as the colonel's talking to him, he gets himself all tangled up in the wires, and he's like, "How did this?" Ha- and then they buzz him, and he falls out the window. <laughs> and the thing that saves him are the wires. Oh, are all the wires attached to the microphone? He's trying to talk to them. Yeah. Okay, so then we cut to Phil Silvers, who no longer has a car. He's hitchhiking, and who picks him up? Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Mayberry. Mayberry. Who was R-F-D. he? RFD. Um, then there's a helicopter. Didn't, uh, that's all I wrote was helicopter. Now we're back to Sid Caesar <laughs> in that the, the hardware store. So he is going to light another fuse. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, so she, she, the wife begs him, just try the door one more time. So you just know that the door is going to open after all this stuff that he tried. He can't get to the door because the whole platform and the staircase well, he takes. You know when you like go to take a swing and you not and you like cock back. <coughs> he goes and in his back swing, he knocks down. I think he hits the the staircase that Which has been hollowed out yeah. from the fire. And the staircase goes, and everything just collapses. So he doesn't even get a chance to get up to hit the door. Now we're back at, with Don Knotts driving the car, uh, driving the car that Phil Silvers is in. And there's a helicopter following them. So in typical Don Knotts uh, nervousness, he's going, "What's going on? What's going on?" Yeah, the, those bug eyes and like. <laughs> so he makes Phil Silvers get out of the car. Now we're back to Sylvester, who's in his car coming Crying to save his mama. With his dark hair. Mama, mama. And uh, he passes the tow truck containing Jonathan Winters, Ethel Merman, and, and his sister. the wife. Right. Uh, but they don't even see each other. And turning around. Well, because he sees, so then, and then Russell, Russell is behind following the, exactly. the truck. And then he sees Russell and he turns around. Because he's going to go beat up the person who mama. accosted his mama. Mama, mama. Uh, so the tow truck turns around and the police follow. Uh, I have Milton and Limey, but I don't know what they did. <laughs> Limey, you get racist when you in your notes. Oh, am I racist? I don't know. Is Limey racist? I don't know. How can white be racist? You can't be. You're right. (laughs) You cracker. (laughs) Okay, so Sylvester sees Russell, goes after him, passes the tow truck. Uh, Both go off the side of the road. So Sylvester's coming up to Milton Burrow. What did you do to my mama? And the tow truck pulls up. Then we're at the airport. And they want to know, why don't we just shoot the plane down <laughs> at this point? <laughs> really? Carl Reiner goes. I think it was Carl Reiner. 
Let's just shoot him down, mm-hmm. be done with it. <laughs> but at the police station, because the police are going, look, this is causing way too much. We have to stop this. But Spencer Tracy's going, no, we don't want them to know they're under surveillance. And we have all figured out why at this point. Yeah, we know. Like, Spencer Tracy. Got an angle. He's got an angle. angle. You know why? Because it's a a mad, 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 mad world. So he goes, I don't want any policemen in sight. I don't want anybody to know that there are policemen around. So we're at the tow truck. Uh, Sylvester is driving with the sister, Ethel Merman, Jonathan Winters, the Englishman. And Milton. They got yeah, you got three in the bottom and three standing at the top. So Spencer takes a car. The airport is still trying to talk the dudes down. Sid Caesar is still trying to get out of the hardware store. We're at the airport. The plane is going up and down, up and down. Pull up, Colonel. Okay, we've talked about that. Um. Yeah, with the plane, the guy he like he falls out, and then the plane. Somehow, somehow they're able to get down yeah. on the ground. And then they're just kind of like driving out of control on the ground. And they run straight into like the, what is that, the airport restaurant? Yeah, and that stops them. Yeah, because they don't know where the brakes are. Right. Yeah. Okay, so it goes to the airport terminal. Finally, Sid Caesar blows a hole through a wall. Now we're to a cab driver. And we have another POC. Yeah, it's Eddie Rochester. Well, wait, no. Is it? Is it? It's before we get go find out who the other side of the wall. Oh, yeah. Because, well, we also have Columbo. Yeah, but not yet. Okay. Yeah. So, so we have Rochester from, uh, from Jack Benny's Jack show. Benny show. Yeah. Uh, but they, they come through the wall, and it is a Chinese laundry. Yeah, so we have five people of color. Five so our, our POC people. tally is three eight. It's now up to eight, eight people. POCs. So Sid and his wife come out. They hail a cab, and the cab is driven by Peter Falk, Columbo. also known as Columbo. At this point, Spencer Tracy is at the beach. Everyone is coming into Santa Clarita. Or Santa Rosita. Rosita. <laughs> Hi, Goldsteins. Um, and Culpepper orders all the police to pull away. Yeah, Culpepper, like, move back, move back. I got this. Um, so Sid, the wife, Mickey, Buddy go into the park. Everybody is, is converging on this park mm-hmm. in Santa Rosita. And they're just running around with Looking their heads Looking for cut off. a W. 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 Just Where's running w? around. What's a W? Um, and the cab drivers, they know that something's up. They're like, what the, what are these people up to? They don't know what, but there's something going on. But they know there's something going on. And as Sid, Caesar, et al. are in the park, behind them is these palm trees. Four palm trees. That create a perfect W. The palm trees. Uh, And so the two taxi drivers start looking around. Mm -hmm. What, What do we need to be aware of? Phil Silvers arrives, Spencer Tracy arrives, the tow truck arrives. And and what's his name's wife? No, it's not his wife. Yeah, Russell's wife. Emmeline. Emil, Emmeline. She has, she's like just had it with everything. She was never into she going was never after into the money it. anyway. She wanted to call the police right away. Exactly. Yep. 
she wanted to do the right thing. She did. And so she's parched, and she goes over to this water fountain, and she puts her hanky, you know, dainty handkerchief, <laughs> and she, <laughs> she spritz in her <laughs> neck, you know, cooling off. And as she does that, she happens to look up, and she sees the W. And Spencer Tracy walks up and says, are you okay? Do you need any help? And she says, I'm the only one who knows. And she goes, if you help me, I'll split it with you 50-50. Because she's like, that's enough money where I can just start a whole new life. Without these schmoes and without my mother. (laughs) At which point Jonathan Winter sees the big W. Everybody comes and... And Spencer Tracy says to her, I'm afraid it's too late. I think they found it. Well, Jonathan Winters, when they all converge at that park, (coughs) they all start coming out of the woodwork, you know. And so all of a sudden, Phil Silvers is there. And And he's got a... Yeah, he's got beef. He's got big beef. (laughs) Phil Silvers has a little tool, digging tool. And and, um, Jonathan Winters eyes him. Oh, he hulks out. <laughs> and he goes nuts. He chases him. He's going to he's gonna brain him, you know. He doesn't care about the money he as much as he cares about getting even. He's he going to get even. whoop some ass. Just, uh, so they, he chases him all through the park, and, and he chases him right under this big W thing. And so when he's running after him, he's chasing him, but he goes up under this, the W, and something tells him to stop and turn around. And he turns around, Jonathan Winters, and he goes, it's the W, I tell you. I tell you, it's the W. <laughs> so 12 people are, are trying to dig under this these four giant palm trees. Mm-hmm. And Spencer Tracy's just looking at everybody smiling. So uh, they have this perfect hole. <laughs> Nobody digs a perfect hole like that. And they finally hit the chest. Mm-hmm. They hit something that is solid. Clink, clink. And they go, bingo, it's the money. Now, um, one of the things that is the lingo back on in the day, this is the 60s, um, and Sylvester was supposed to be the beatnik kind of way out guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And everything was, don't bug me, man, don't bug me. You're bugging me, man, you're bugging me. <laughs> you know. And so they, he's digging, and he was, you know, the most useful, youthful one of them out there, you know, and fit. And so, oh, he's really digging and, and people getting in his way because he's trying to swing and then he's hitting them, you know. And he turns around, you bugging me, you bugging me. So, so they go and they, like you say, they go and they finally get hit to something to open. So Phil Silvers goes, okay, we're going to split this 15 ways. Whatever's inside, we're going to split it 15 ways. And he counts around everybody there and counts himself mm-hmm. twice. He starts with himself one, and then when he gets to, like, 14, then he counts himself again, 15. So somebody goes, I'm going straight to the police. And Spencer Tracy goes, oh, how do you know the police would be interested? And he calls them by their name. And they're all going, how do you how know do you my know name? name? And he goes, I'm Captain Culpepper of the Santa Rosita Police Department. The bulls, I tell you, the mm-hmm. bulls. And then, then we go back to... The the cop, right? The PD and the commission's on the phone. Yes. And he is blackmailing city council or somebody saying that they need to triple Culpepper's pension. 
And he's like, that's right. What I'm telling, what I'm saying to you is I'm blackmailing you. <laughs> so the, the commission is going to bat for Culpepper. And Culpepper doesn't know it. And then. And, and Culpepper had told everybody, everybody's going to jail unless mm-hmm. certain things happen. Yeah, cause cause everybody's like everybody's freaking out. Like they're like the cops. Oh no! So the uh, the taxi drivers put the satchel in Culpepper's car, mm-hmm. and everybody's pleading with Culpepper, "Please don't make me go to jail." And he goes, "Well, there's one way out of this. You all can turn yourselves in." So they all get in the two cabs. They're okay. I'm going to turn myself in rather than go to jail. And Spencer has everything under control. And he goes, don't make a move until you hear from me. And Columbo goes, uh, that man's got some kind of an angle. Mm-hmm. So the, so Columbo's driving one car. And what is it? Rochester. Yeah, Rochester's he's driving, driving another car. It's full of the people. And Spencer Tracy's Culpepper's just in the car by himself with the money. And he's driving behind him. And smiling, big smiling, and where everyone else turned, Culpepper turns the opposite direction. He's on the PCH, baby. Yeah, and they're like, "Wait a second. And the the PD, the radio tells Culpepper is on his way to Mexico, right? And it hurries over, and so then there's a car chase. Yeah, they 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 uh. They say, hey, wait a minute. This isn't the way to the, you know, this isn't the way to the police station. They thought right. he was going to, you know, call right. the police to get the money. And so then they freak out. Oh, man, we got to watch him. What? So they all chase him. And so he's got this little, um, was a 1960 Plymouth Valiant or something, this black little police issue. And um, and the, uh, the cabs are uh, 1959. Plymouth uh, cabs and uh, big old yellow cabs, these huge old cars. And so they're crammed with all the people in these two cabs and they're careening around the city following um, uh, Spencer Tracy who is uh, looking to be on the lam. And so they drive around the city and everything and finally um, well actually Spencer Tracy has something set up because he first, you remember, yeah, he goes went to this garage. little garage yeah. and the guy was there to meet him and everything. And the guy who was there to meet him at the garage was Buster Keaton, right? Oh, was that Buster yeah, Keaton? I think, I think that was Buster Keaton. Oh, man, and I wonder too. And they were following him. And so then when he was trying to do like the back into the garage thing, they all followed him down there. And he That's was like, sorry, him, yeah. I got to leave. And so then he like skedaddles it again. Yeah. And so then they further continue to chase. Exactly. And, but through this all, the mayor had agreed to all the... Yeah, because the mayor got blackmailed. So the mayor was going to give Spencer Tracy, he was going to triple his pension. Three times his pension. Mm-hmm. So, but then they're going to have to arrest Culpepper because it's obvious he's on the lam. So then, uh, I forget what happened that they had to get out of, he got out of the car. I think he kind of gets to like. Oh, he a got stuck. He yeah. he, he uh, was careening around, and, and and he ends up in this tenement section of town, you know. And he and he his car hits um, a building. It's in this big apartment building. Oh, okay. And he has to stop, and he's he's stuck. There's no way out, and so he gets out of the the car, 
and he's got the swatch, the satchel, the suitcase with the money in it. And so then he starts uh, to climb up the stairs inside. Well, as soon as he goes into the building, the two um, uh, cab, drivers. cab drivers, the cabs pull up, and the people chase him, you know. And so he's in the building going up the steps, and they, uh, you know, they, they kind of grab like him. And everybody. everybody. So it's just like 12 Except people. you women stay here. Yeah. No, but wasn't Ethel Merm? Oh, no, she wasn't. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, the women was had all to the stay men. Her, yeah. They stayed. And so all the men are, like, clawing all over each other trying to get to Culpepper. Mm -hmm. They chase him up the stairs. They go up. I think they end up to on the, the roof. roof. Yep. Culpepper gets onto the fire escape. Yep. They all get into the fire escape. At this point, the fire escape is like... <laughs> it can't handle this many people. So by then, a crowd has started forming. We get... The fire truck pulls up, and it, it, it's... Um, the ladder truck. Yeah, the ladder truck. It extends up, and... Because the fire escape has now broken loose from the building. Right. So they're dangling for dear life on this fire escape by the end. And then all of a sudden, the suitcase snaps open. Just pop. And, and it's raining, raining money. money. Yeah. And Ethel Merman's down at the bottom saying, like, Get, that's mine. Get your hands off it. Trying to trying to collect the money. And uh, uh, all the people get uh, on the ground are starting to pick up the yeah. money. Um, then everybody gets on the ladder instead of doing one at a time, of course. Mm -hmm. So it can't function properly. So it's swaying one so way like, and then the other. Except Rochester. Rochester didn't get on that ladder. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> it, it they didn't let Rochester onto the ladder. <laughs> well, it worked out well for Rochester. It threw uh, Sid Caesar through a window, threw Columbo into the water. Uh, it threw uh, well. Rochester must have gotten on it mm -hmm. because he was thrown into Abe Lincoln's arms. Yeah, yeah. in Abe Lincoln's in the, arms. A, in the statue of Abe Lincoln, which was made out of foam rubber, I heard. Oh. Phil Silvers was thrown through a window onto a Murphy bed that then collapsed up into the <laughs> wall. Um, Milton Berle, Jonathan Edwards, Spencer Tracy, Sylvester all ended up in a palm tree. Everybody else was in the electrical wires. Yeah, getting electrocuted. So the next thing you see is the hospital where all of them are in a different kind of traction. Yeah, but they they're all in laid up. They're all laid up in Very traction. bad shape. Bad shape. Spencer Tracy's wife is divorcing him. His daughter is changing her name. Uh, the mother-in-law... Oh, his pension was revoked. His mother-in-law is suing him for damages. Um... You get uh, oh, and so he's telling everybody else, hey, you know, you guys don't need to worry about. It. You're getting off light because they're throwing yeah, everything. Like they're at gonna, me. they're gonna take it easy on you. They're gonna throw, they're just gonna throw the book at me. And he lists all his, <laughs> his woe is me. And I think Buddy Hackett's eating a banana. Yes, and Spencer Tracy's like, you know what? I just all I want is just to be able to at some point. Sometime Probably in the distant years future, from now. years from now, I just want to be able to laugh. To laugh at one thing. Just laugh at one, one thing. thing make me Buddy laugh. Hackett throws his banana peel onto the floor, and then you just see coming down the hall, leading them in like a V formation. 
the three women. The three women. In Ethel prison Merman. Garb. In prison garb. <laughs> in their prison garb. Oh, they were garb. in prison yeah. garb? Yeah. It wasn't I thought they were in, like, nurses' uniform. No, it wasn't orange at the time. It was blue yeah. dresses, blue oh. smocks. The, bulls, the lady bulls was behind them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought they were, oh, yeah. interesting. So that alone was good. But then Ethel walks in. She Oh, she, and she comes in, and she's like, and you are. Slips on the banana peel. Does the classic fall? Like slips hard on the banana peel. Feet all up again. Her yeah. feet are in the air and her girdle is showing. And just lands hard on her back. And all of them. Oh, they all lose start it. Start laughing. They laugh and laugh and laugh. And then eventually, Spencer Tracy, he's like smiles and then he just lets loose. He just starts <laughs> just laughing too. So he got his wish. He got mm-hmm. his wish. The end. That's yeah. it's a mad, 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 mad world. It's fun. There's a lot of slapstick. So much physical comedy. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, and watching it with you the first time. You know, letting you see it, and uh, we had it on a VHS, I guess, at one time or something. Yeah, back yeah. in the day. Back in the day, and uh, oh man, I'd be cracking up. But I, it's, that was just one of my favorite films. And it's like as you get older, you pick up on a lot more of mm-hmm. the inside of stuff. The undertones. Of but the, the little kids love it for just the physical mm-hmm. comedy. Because right. it's like it. a cartoon, a live exactly. action cartoon. Yeah. And, you know, <coughs> when those folks came out of, uh, when Sid Caesar and them came out of that the hardware store, oh, man. They were all jacked. Oh, up. they were. Yeah, because she had on a cute dress, and it, it was it was just yeah. yeah they had know, paint all paint over them. Everywhere. They were a mess. So trivia: Stan Laurel turned down a part in it because after Oliver Hardy died, he said he'd never work again. I'll never work again, and he didn't. Um. A lot of people wanted to be in it and wondered why they weren't invited to be in it. Yeah, it was like a big thing. If you weren't, like, people were offering their services because they heard about it, and they were like, I want to be in it. It was like the the thing to be in. Definitely. Um, There were two scripts. One was for dialogue, and one was for the physical comedy. Because there's so much. So much. Um. The Ethel Merman role was supposed to be a father-in-law role, played by Groucho Marx. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. But, wow, Ethel, uh, yeah, well, Ethel she took did, it. Yeah, she took it. Um, now, see here. <laughs> <laughs> my other trivia I already told during. The, oh, uh, you did? Yeah. I didn't write it. In, I thought you were writing it all down. Uh, um, that it was Jonathan Winter's film debut. Oh, yeah. Three hundred fifty thousand dollars na- uh, in two thousand fifteen would be two million seven hundred thousand. Jeez. Oh, it was the last film that was screened. That the Kennedy saw. That the Kennedy saw. Yes, because just a couple days later he was. Yeah, they screened it in early November, and a few days later it was. A few days later, he they uh, arrived at Love Field. And then um, he went over to my cousin, who was um, who had horses there, you know, for for and and went. Mr. Kennedy went over and congratulated him on how well behaved the horses were. 
We have a picture of that. Then he went into Dallas and he Dasisalis. Dasis Nick Sergut. Yeah, let's get back to a happier <laughs> thing. At least he went out on a laugh. He went out on a high. <laughs> wow, that was a downer. Let's bring it back around, people. So thank you, Poppy, for recommending. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a mad, 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 mad world, and sitting in with us yes, this podcast. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. And we are recording this on location at yes, Casa de Bush. All three of us able to see each other and hear all of the noises. Hear that all we the make. noises I usually make that I don't get to hear. Noise, noise, what noise? Yes, so I totally apologize for the noises I usually make. And we're hoping to, that we might be able to do a pop-up Christmas podcast um, this week as well. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll just, if not, we'll meet you back in the new year. And we don't have a clue what the next film will be because we didn't talk about that. Oh, that's right. We didn't. Oh, well. If we do a pop-up, I want it to be, well, I got to pick the last one. <laughs> well, what do you want it to be? White Christmas. Oh. Uh, Poppy won't be a part of that. He's mm. gagging at this moment. But you can do any other. You can do Bad Santa. You can do It's a Wonderful Life. You can do Home Alone, whatever. You can do National Lampoon's Christmas you Vacation. You could indeed. Hmm since that was rather relevant to you recently. So just be listening in. And enjoy the holidays. And thank you for letting us be a part of it. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays. Yeah. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> and Hanukkah is over, but we wish all of our friends a belated a happy, belated happy Hanukkah. We had latkes the other night, so that was good. Although they didn't call them latkes. They were potato pancakes. <laughs> we're not saying we were in a German <laughs> restaurant. We're not telling the people that. You just did. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.